Hello and welcome to another episode of Deep Thoughts. I'm David Rothkopf. I'm your host of a bunch of the stuff that we do here at Deep State Radio. And I'm joined by my partner at Deep State Radio and on a bunch of the other stuff that we do here. Chris Cottonmore, how are you doing today, Chris? Doing great. Thanks, David. Um, exhausted from staying up late listening to the NCAA uh, March Madness. I went to bed since our, the result of Syracuse was already in, and I was just fine with that. Yeah, no, it was a, it was it was a good outcome. I have to say that March Madness, you know, it doesn't seem like it's kind of in the ballpark of uh, what we do at uh, all of our different podcasts at Deep State Radio. But there is something about the restoration of normalcy to the United States that comes from these big sporting events. And people may go, oh, you know, sporting events, and I'm not interested in sports or whatever. But it's, it, I feel like people are sort of, I don't know whether they're distracted or they're like there's this kind of big sigh or they're just happy to, happy to do things that they used to do before. But I don't know. Are you getting that vibe that this really makes a difference? It does. I think that for especially for people whose kids are playing in these sports and that, you know, I can speak from, from my perspective as a parent of a child who is a swimmer, unless you volunteer to do something at the event, like officiate, you can't watch him swim. And, you know, and it's been like that for a year. And I think there's, there's definitely appetite, not to the extent of making and, and having dangerous situations with, tons of people, you know, like the spring breakers, but having people socially distanced, you know, watching these games and being able to see, you know, their, their school represented. I think it's, I think it's important. You have relatives in Florida. Why do they yeah. live there? Why don't they move? I mean, Florida is fucking insane. Well, they moved there certainly before uh, there was a global pandemic. Um, I don't think anybody could have foreseen the governor's response to the pandemic. And I, I don't, I can't explain why people are behaving the way they're behaving. It's just crazy. I, I, yeah, I used to have an apartment in Miami for a couple of years and I would go down there so often and it was pretty crazy generally, particularly during like spring break and so forth. But the video that of these people who are like, you know, chanting about no vaccines and chanting about no masks and crowding into these spaces as if they live on another planet. And, you know, I mean, you know, we can talk about how much is due to the last administration or governor of Florida or political trends or culture or whatever it is, but whatever it is, it's Looney Tunes. You know, Europe is a mess right now with another surge and there are a bunch of states. I think Florida's in the midst of its own surge right now. It's, it's you know, and we're just thinking, oh, normalcy is around the corner and they're going to screw it up for everybody. First of all, if I was, you know, 18, um, I don't know that I would be behaving differently. I got to be honest. But the, did you the, do that? I didn't Did scream do? about vaccines. I, I barely went on spring break. Okay. I, I went home to work. But I spoke to a friend today 
who, after being careful for the, the entire time, um, his whole family, including one of his kids, got COVID. And they got COVID from the dentist's office that had an outbreak, apparently. And he said, it's miserable. It's just absolutely, you know, the worst. You know, you, you see and you know, and you, you know, people who have had it. Some had had mild symptoms, others not so much. And, you know, it's still, it's still out there. It's still dangerous until we can get the majority of the population vaccinated. We still have to follow social distancing rules. Yeah, no, no. The, I mean, it's, I, I just, I just find it crazy. I was going to sort of do one of these rants. You know, we begin these things where I, I do a rant. My, my rant's about 60 seconds long. I, another thing that really got under my nerves this weekend was I was watching some of these Sunday shows and they were talking all about the crisis at the border and Biden's border crisis. And I was like, do these people have the memory of a goldfish? I don't know if you've watched Ted Lasso, but Ted Lasso talks about the goldfish having the shortest memory of any animal. Um, but, you know, this, first of all, the United States has had a problem at its border for decades. This was a problem under Bush. It's a problem under Obama. It was a problem under Trump. Joe Biden's been president for two months. And they're like, this is Joe Biden's crisis. Secondly, Donald Trump was, uh, you know, a, a, you know, a, a violating international law, violating human rights, putting children in cages, treating people inhumanely. And there was a general expectation of all of these people who have looked to the United States as a source of, of hope and a potential destination that the next administration was not going to be as horrible as this one. And of course, there was a surge at the border. And they're talking about it every day. They're transparent about it. They're trying to fix it. They're identifying problems. They're trying to find new places and so on and so forth. But this is not a Biden border crisis. I mean, you know, I'll be, let's, let's be critical about Biden, about wherever we want to be critical about Biden, you know, the I don't know, $15 minimum wage or, you know, that he could have been tougher on Mohammed bin Salman or he could have been tougher on the Chinese and the Uyghurs or whatever, you know, but this is, this is cuckoo. And, you know, you to go and turn on meet the press and, and they're like trying to generate listens, you know, generate audience um, by, by framing this as those sort of Biden has engineered a crisis when what Biden has done is, what any other president would do. He's done it transparently. He's done it professionally. He's done it humanely. He's trying to solve the problem. I don't know. It just, it just drives me crazy because this literally is the media just going after the clicks. I think you mentioned it a couple of podcasts ago that the, the media trying to sort of gin up the the next, you know, sort of crisis du jour for, for Joe Biden to have something more salacious to write about. And because right now it's, you know, as we, as we've said, it's, there are, he inherited, I mean, I remember when Obama came in, in the middle of the financial crisis and, you know, thinking 
it's he he's dealing with a lot of problems at the same at the same time and i think people need to cut him a little bit of slack yeah it's like, you know it's like oh he has he hasn't had a press conference well he's gonna have a press conference on thursday but really the white house has been having a press conference every damn day and and the media is not reporting it because they're doing this boring thing of answering the questions in a responsible way there's complete transparency the other you know they're not lying every day when trump would do a press conference he would just lie and lie and lie what what's the benefit of a press conference that's not just promulgating lies like trump did but is actually doing damage you know going back to things like masks and vaccines and 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 the the big lie about the election and 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 you know that's not what's happening here and it's like sure be critical sure have a dispute on a policy matter there's a lot of things and difficult going on in our lives we don't have to search for you know made up issues which is exactly exactly what's happening here you know we it, 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 I, I have to say you know we we just did our a uh, regular monday podcast and you know we had Corey and ed and david on and we were talking about china policy we were talking about europe policy we were talking about trade policy and here are these got folks who are you know in various different places of the political spectrum and you know they're you know when you talk to experts about this in an expert way the response is things are going pretty good and that's we that's what we heard last week and i expect that's what we'll hear on our podcast this week yeah we might need a crisis to uh talk about soon or people will stop listening um yeah well that yeah I hadn't I hadn't thought about that. Well, in that case, the the world is on fire. Well, I didn't listen to the Friday um uh podcast that my sister does. Uh sorry, sis. Um what was that like? I was Rosa Brooks the guest on that? Rosa Brooks was the guest. She uh of course was talking about her book Tangled Up in Blue. But I think one of the things, you know, we got I think a a little bit of a different side than we got a couple of weeks ago when she did the live show with us. She talked about her sort of journey into, you know, essentially she heard this woman talking about how she was a volunteer police officer. And this was at a time when her kids were young and her husband was deployed. So it wasn't a feasible thing for her to do, but, um, but ultimately, you know, her kids got older and she, kept thinking about it and decided that, you know, she would give it a shot and just talked about her experiences and how fascinating patrolling was and different approaches from different folks to, to their, you know, their jobs. Um, and then she also talked about the, the program she started at Georgetown, which is a fellowship that people have to be accepted to um, that helps young officers deal with some of the challenges that police officers have to deal with outside of the normal patrolling their specific areas you know they're dealing with mental health issues and you know they're they're dealing with with a lot of things um the expectations on police officers insane when you think about all the things that they get called about um so it was it was a really good conversational show rosa did not bake 
um, Rosa decided that it, that would be a good time for her to clean her kitchen. And so <laughs> Marissa did the baking. She actually baked what Cavita uh, dubbed um, scookies, which is a scone and a cookie. And they look good. I don't know why she doesn't bring me some of these things that she bakes. Do you ever see them? I don't. She lives closer to you, though, so should make the should make the move. It's her. She birthday. doesn't send. She didn't send you a care package. No, at Christmas she did. We got a lot of cookies then, and I regretted it deeply, man, because they were gone fast. <laughs> um, but but uh, it's her birthday this week, so we should uh, you know get her to bake something for us for her birthday. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good oh, idea. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. I know she's got a lot of good stuff in store. I know we've got a, a bunch of uh, sort of congressional guests and others coming up uh, over the course of the next uh, couple of weeks. Um, so that's all exciting. And and there is another new podcast lurking out there, isn't there? We're, we're working on uh, a project with Jeff Stein, who writes the Spy Talk newsletter on Substack. So if you want to check that out, you can go to his Substack. But we're going to be producing a weekly podcast with Jeff and Gene Meserve called Spy Talk, and they'll bring guests uh, from you know the national security and intelligence communities, uh, you know, operationally kind of focused in a little bit more um, than policy. But that should be something that launches within the next three weeks, I'd say. I think that sounds. Uh, real exciting. And and we're trying to fill that out. We actually have another idea or two we're working on. We're also considering expanding the number of shows that we that we allow members to pose questions to the guests um, as a benefit of membership, because, you know, part of what we want to do is increase membership. But, you know, there is a responsibility here on members that we have talked about. But frankly, I haven't seen much uh, in the way of feedback. Membership has grown audiences have grown. We're all glad for that. But I have said on past episodes of this, that if people have ideas of things that we could do that would uh, make what we're doing more interesting or worthwhile or uh, make membership more worthwhile for them, they should let us know via um, our Slack or via other means um, because we're listening. I mean, that's the main point here. If we let you post questions, we're listening. So that's, that's where I'm going to wrap this up. Um, uh, I'm listening. Chris is listening. All our regulars are listening and you've got sort of disposal of, you know, Rosa and Corey and David and Ed Luce and Kavita and Ryan and Marissa and all of the regular guests that we've got, you know, whether it's members of Congress or Lori Garrett or, um, uh, you know, faculty at Harvard or faculty at other universities or writers of great books. Um, as we try to have on on a weekly basis, you can pose them quite, you can, I mean, that's never been a thing that one could really do on a regular basis. And you can do it here at the highest level and, uh, and we're willing to do more. So, you know, ping us via one of the ways that you can ping us, um, which is to say Slack or Twitter or DM us or Instagram or I don't know, email carrier pigeon do we have a carrier pigeon like coop on your roof there chris Something no like no absolutely not we should growing push. up it was a thing 
people okay. had homing pigeons at their house in pigeon coops and they bring them to say, you know, I grew up in Massachusetts. They'd bring them to like Syracuse or Buffalo and they let the pigeons go. And then they, they would wait for them in their yard. And they'd throw these white birds up to this landing area and the pigeons were tagged and then they take the tag off, put it in a clock. And then they all went to this club at night to see whose birds won. I'm not kidding. Oh my God. I, you know, I had no idea this was an area of expertise. Well, it's only, I lived in a, in a home that was a duplex and my neighbor, the next door neighbor had, had the pigeon coop, but it was, it was something he could do with, with his kids. Um, the coop was disgusting, but, <laughs> but they, they won money, like, you know, 300, 400 bucks, which back in the day was a decent little amount to win. Oh my God. Yeah, what a weird thing homing pigeons well see folks you didn't expect that that is deep thoughts thank you very much for joining us today join us again next week ping us in any way you want including apparently homing pigeons chris knows how to handle that and thank you chris i'll talk to you again real soon great thanks everyone for listening stay healthy bye-bye